0: at the stick from who's got it better than us to brick by brick it's always the 49ers way from off season to game day yeah we talk back it's the 49ers cup back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I had to go live with a little bit of breaking news because the 49ers have released veteran defensive tackle Robert Kandiche. And it was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, this is something that wasn't expected to happen right now with the cuts that they're having currently. This is like, just like what happened with Darquez Denard yesterday. You have a veteran player who the 49ers see as somebody who's probably not going to make this roster that they went ahead and released so that way he can try to land with another club. It's a nice move by them. I mean, their their defensive line is absolutely stacked. Robert Kimdiche, though, was a former first-round pick from Arizona, and he has absolutely flashed. He's been an, a, a spark plug during training camp. He's a guy that made some plays against Green Bay just Friday, so it, it was a little bit of a surprise to see him go as a part of this first cuts, but ultimately, Robert Kimdiche, the 49ers felt... Wasn't going to be a active member of this 2022 San Francisco 49ers team, and they have tremendous depth all throughout the roster. So they went ahead and released uh, Robert dJ today, which is uh, it was surprising, but um, and the, the 49ers continue to make moves. Bomber Tease in chat says, I'm surprised, yeah, I think I was surprised a lot when I saw the name come through. Uh, there could have been a lot of names, you know, and the Niners have a, a very talented roster. We've had question marks whether the 49ers were going to keep know, four interior defensive linemen, uh, or or five. And I mean, it was just yesterday in chat when we were talking about Denar and we started talking about Kim DJ a little bit. And the thought was, I said, I, I expected him right now to be on the outside looking in, but I did not I did not foresee this coming that they would release him right now. But I do think it is a nod to him, you know, and doing a nice thing for him so that way he can go ahead and land on another roster potentially. I mean, the guy's still very talented, he's a penetrator. Uh, he can cause chaos in somebody's backfield and welcome Paul to chat. So, Kimdiche is probably going to land somewhere. I'm hoping he doesn't end up landing in the NFC West where he can do uh, pro- it cause problems for the 49ers. But that is possible considering he's been with Arizona, he's been with Seattle, and now he's been training camp with San Francisco 49ers. So, the 49ers do move on from Kimdiche. And Traffic says as well, yeah, kind of surprising. I think people aren't as surprised that Kimdiche gets released. I might surprise some people that he did, but the fact that it came now and not when they were going to make final cuts, um, but they have other guys on this roster, you know, that they feel really comfortable with. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway has just returned from injury. And I think that's a lot of the reason why Kim D. got signed in the first place. That's the same with the defensive lineman. They released uh, yesterday and Tomaso Um So both of those guys were brought on because of injuries to Armstead and Hassan Ridgeway. And so now they're kind of moving on from some of these guys, but They have tremendous depth on the interior defensive line. Uh, Kevin Givens has had himself a really, really good training camp. So that has been nice to see. And also, Akeem Spence is a veteran defensive lineman that's still here as well. And I thought he's looked nice uh, throughout training camp. I thought he's been one of those guys that's penetrated and causing problems. But this could also signal a direction in which the 49ers want to go, which could be seven outside edge rushers. Because you have so much talent on the edge. And some of these guys have been logging snaps on the interior all throughout training camp. And I think that's one thing to remember is they do have a lot of guys that have that versatility to play inside, like carry Hyder. I mean, that's part of the reason they brought him here. Now, he's not the 300-pound carry Hyder he was for Seattle last year, but he's still 275 pounds. You have also Charles Amenehue who's been logging snaps on the inside. I think he's another guy that can play on the inside. And of course, you have Ridgeway, Javon Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, and Eric Armstead, who are expected to do it all the time. Uh, and I think also Jordan Willis is another guy you could see playing on the inside. But so this could be more of a signal. Of the 49ers deciding, you know what? We're going to go edge rushers. We believe our big edge rushers can play on the interior. And we're going to go ahead and start moving on from some of these interior defensive linemen. Because that's not the way we see this team going. Um, that, that could be what's happening here. And 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 we'll see. And what's up, Mr. Corey? How's it going? Welcome to chat. And Paul says, is this a good sign that they may jimmy ward is not ending up on the pup or some kind of injured reserve list i don't think they're gonna put jimmy ward on any any sort of list i think they're gonna wait play this thing out and see what happens i think once he'll be on the 53 man roster once he is on the 53 uh, on august 30th they could turn around and then put him on uh, an ir and then bring him back after a short-term ir stint. so i think that's the likelihood for jimmy ward he'll either be back within the first two weeks or on that short-term IR, or just IR as they call it. But uh they've definitely shortened the time period at which you have to be on it. So I think that is the likelihood for Jimmy Ward. Traffic says, yeah, just to goes to show you how stacked we are. That's another solid pickup for a lot of teams. It really is. And a guy that, I mean, he showed a lot of ability. He's flashed, he's slashed. He's gotten to the backfield and caused some issues uh, all throughout training camp. So this guy's no slouch. He's a pretty good one. So, um yeah it's really exciting and then T says did they give a timeline for Jimmy Ward to return um no they haven't gave one they just said he was going to be out for week one they're keeping it kind of loose but anytime you have a hamstring issue like this you just never know when the player is going to be able to come back so I think they're going to take it real easy I think they're hoping that Dante Johnson is going to get healthy and get through the cartilage issue that he's having with his ribs because then you feel like you have depth of the safety position You know you're going to have Talon Ufonga and Tavarius Moore probably starting, and then George Odom as the backup in the strong safety area. But if you have Dante Johnson, you feel like you have four guys that can go out there and do it, even if you don't have Jimmy Ward. I I know they'd prefer to have Jimmy Ward. I would prefer to have Jimmy Ward. But you got to do what you got to do, and that might be the makeup of the safety room going into the season. And it might be why they had to make some tough cuts like a Dark Quest and Nard yesterday, because they need to go ahead and keep a Dante Johnson. That was uh, what it was going to be. Uh Ronnie Montoya says, Hey Ant, I thought the team already made the cut to 85. Or am I wrong? I thought so as well. So I think they might be freeing up a roster spot to be able to sign a safety. Uh Kyle Shannon had mentioned they were potentially going to bring someone in to play safety. Right now, they only have you know four guys that can play it because Dante Johnson's nursing an injury. So he's not going to be able to do it. Jimmy Ward, of course, is on the sideline. But right now they would be you know, rolling with Hufanga, Tarvarius Moore, George Odom, and then Taylor Hawkins, the undrafted free agent. You would like to have more than that going in, not only to these preseason games, but also these joint practices with Minnesota. So I think they want to bring in a, a safety. So they needed to make another cut right now, bring in a safety. And I think we'll probably see something happen here pretty soon because they do need to make another move just for depth reasons. I don't think they have a cornerback right now, uh that can go ahead and step and fill that role. So uh I expect something to come, you know, down the line. We'll see what that ends up being. But maybe we'll get, you know, somebody to come in here pretty soon. Uh, maybe it will be a Tavon Wilson. We'll see. Paul says, I believe the only cut for yesterday and today was the deadline date. Yeah, but I think they already had a guy uh already gone. I thought it was already down, but we'll see. And uh Mr. Corey says too bad Tart signed with Philly. Yeah, it's actually, it's too bad, right? That they weren't, they don't have Jaquiski Tart. Uh, Tart would have been a nice, you know, a nice player to have on the roster, but they felt they had two guys that could potentially start with Tarverius Moore and Talano Hufanga. Both have looked pretty good. Hufonga has looked fantastic. This is his best training camp of the two, of course. He's developed in a, a multitude of ways, but I think that's why they're so high on Hufonga. and I think they expect him to be the starting safety once Jimmy Ward comes back next to him, but they're going to have to get through that first, so... Yeah, I mean, I also thought, you know, it's too bad Adrian Colbert had signed, and Adrian Colbert's playing on a roster right now. He would have been somebody I would have liked the 49ers to be able to bring in and compete, and he would have been a nice depth piece, uh, you know, right now as the 49ers look to continue to build this room because they have injuries, and anytime you have injuries, you kind of have to start playing some games, you know, with who's going to play where, so it gets a little interesting, and uh, that's why you see a release like Kimdiche that you probably wouldn't expect to see at this point in time, because they need to make another move, uh, so we'll see what happens. And and while I'm on here, while I have a second, tell everyone thank you so much, everyone that has subscribed recently. I really appreciate it. To everyone that listens on audio platforms, thank you so much. You have just made uh, forty hours cutback have the largest week in history of you know plays and downloads on audio platforms. Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. And uh, anyone that's watching on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed already, if you would take the opportunity to subscribe. I'd appreciate that. If you haven't liked the video, go ahead and give it a like. We'll get back into this because Robert Condice, you know, has been released by the San Francisco 49ers, you know, a veteran that, you know, has had injuries recently, but it definitely flashed in training camp. So I, I think it's one of those things where right now you see how talented this 49ers roster is. And that's something that, you know, people were saying in chat already. So I think that, you know, the roster being so talented, I think it's easy to say it, but then when you start seeing some of the players, they're going to get released. Uh, you're going to really be able to tell, like, wow, this team is so talented. And when you're when you're going ahead and releasing two former first-round picks, Darquez and Arde first-round pick in 2014, and now Robert Kimdiche, that's the talent level you have on this roster. They went out and got guys all over the place, and they had depth all over the place. And now you're seeing kind of the the after-effects of that. And what's up, Freddie Dre? Welcome to the chat. I hope you're having a good day. And Ronnie Montoya says, does this team already have guys signed to the practice squad? No, you don't have anyone. Uh, they don't have anyone signed to the practice squad right now. If you watch brick by brick, you hear Kyle Shanahan talk about the fact they're going go to go from 90 to 70 because you're going to make these these cuts. And ultimately, you have to get to a 53-man roster, but you're bringing 16 of those players back to the practice squad you don't sign anyone to the practice squad until after you lock down your 53-man roster. Then it's a scramble. Of course, you have conversations with these guys. Let them know you would like to bring them onto the practice squad when you have to go ahead and release them. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they go through and they contact every single player that made the team and the and the players that didn't. Uh, it, it's one of the great things I like about this front office and Kyle Shanahan is the personal relationships they build and the good relationships they build. And they let you know, hey, this is business. This isn't personal. You know, and I think players really respect that and the way that Kyle Shannon and them go about it. And this is another sign of that. Uh, Darquez Denard and Robert Kimdiche letting them go early in the process, knowing they're not going to make your roster. But, hey, that way you guys can go land on another team. I think it's just another another tip, in the, a tip of the cap to how this front office continues to handle business. I, I really enjoy the way they go about it. And that's why you see tough situations like Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel work out in a positive way because the front office has earned so much credibility with the NFL players on their team and around the league. This has become a destination where people want to play. And that's a good sign for the 49ers moving forward because the the tax bracket's not going to help them any. They need everything they can get. And when you have a good front office and a good culture, uh, that's going to cultivate some really good things for your organization and a lot of players wanting to come play for you. So, I'm excited about it. Mr. Corey says, you guys are cool and have good content. You deserve the success so much. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Corey. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I'm not going to stay on too long on this one. So um, if you have any questions, go ahead and populate chat for a little bit. This is going to be more of a quick hitter as I get into Robert Kim DJ and then, you know, kind of hop off. But uh, I'm, I'm interested in getting into what people think about this or ultimately any questions you have. Because it's really fun to to talk 49ers right now because it seems like the news just never stops coming. And what is up, Marvin? Hope you're having a good one here. As uh, the 49ers have, if you didn't know already, released Robert Kim Dice. Of course, it's going all over right now. The 49ers put it out. Uh, it was probably about 45 minutes to an hour ago that Kim Dice had been released. Uh it, it came across my phone and it was a little surprising. Um, the Ant Hill Show was going on on the channel at the time. So if you haven't seen the Ant Hill Show episode three, where we talk about Samuel Womack, the interior offensive line, Trey Lance, uh, go ahead and check that out. That's that's available now. And it was available yesterday for all channel members and it's available right now. So if you haven't had an opportunity, go ahead and check out that episode. I think you guys will really enjoy Jay Hill brings a unique perspective and opinion that's always a little bit different uh, from my own so we have a little bit of difference there but uh, in some regards we see things the same way and another guy with a little bit of coaching experience so uh, take that for what you will uh, let's see what's going on here uh, yeah it is super hot by the way outside so if anyone is, is dealing with that i feel bad for you it, it's ridiculous right now and bomber t says tax is so bad here they're hitting people with a luxury boat tax now ridiculous yeah, it's, it's not a fun place to be in California, and that does enter the minds of players when they want to come to California to play, Is the tax bracket is outrageous. You might have to pay a little bit more here. Mr. Corey says, since I missed the last chat, have you personally noticed Aaron Banks struggling in pass protection in one-on-ones in practice? Um, there are moments where he struggles in one-on-ones. Now, since we're going to get into one-on-one conversation, um, I'll, I'll make it pretty clear. I'm not a huge proponent on... Uh, one-on-ones, I don't think they give you a, a real depiction on how a player is playing for a couple of reasons. I think number one, uh, it's not a real-life football situation. You're going on one-on-one. That defender knows it's a pass situation. That defender has a tremendous amount of space to be able to use, because you're not having a tackle next to you or a center next to you help. if you're Aaron Banks, for instance. Uh, it also creates you know huge lanes for them to be able to rush. Also, they don't have to stay in any of their run lanes. So it makes it more complicated uh, when you get into one on one. So one on ones are difficult for offensive linemen. I feel that definitely helps a defensive lineman. He knows that you know more than likely he can get off the ball quick. He has a lot of space to be able to operate, and he doesn't. He already know who's coming at him. He knows it's a one on one situation. That's not always the case in the game. So I think one on ones aren't a great way to determine how well a player is playing. But Aaron Banks has had moments where he's looked fantastic, where he's stymied. You know, Javon Kinlaw in one-on-ones. And then he's had moments where Javon Kinlaw's beat him. Or, you know, maybe somebody more athletic has beat him as well. I, I think what you're going to get into is what you saw in the in the Packers game. Those are more realistic uh, expectations for Banks. You know, he's going to have moments. I mean, just like Burford, they're going to have moments they are going to get beat. But I like the way that they handle uh, the overall 11-on-11. 11 11. I think that is better. Or evaluating offensive linemen because when a defensive lineman doesn't know if a runner pass is coming, uh, it makes sense. So uh, that that's kind of my thoughts on one on ones. I've seen him have up and down moves. Uh, so and what's up, David Campbell? But that's how I feel about it, Mr. Corey. Overall, uh, fishing says Burford will be the second best lineman on the team by the end of the year. I'm not going to argue with you, fishing, because the real realistic point of view is Spencer Burford has far exceeded expectations. I think for almost anyone except maybe himself coming out of the draft. I mean, the guy has been fantastic now. Spencer Burford did make our top 50 guys, the 49ers. could select in the draft on our big board. He was number 50, and the 49ers selected him. We did like Burford, but to tell you that I thought Burford was going to be a guy that was going to play at this level right away, no. I did hint. I thought maybe he would start, um, but he's exceeded my expectations. He's played so well already through training camp. And the film that he put out against Green Bay was pretty good. And I'm excited to see what his development will be against Minnesota. As he continues, I've just seen him grow every single opportunity that he has. So we'll we'll see what happens. But Burford is a good football player. I'm excited about it. And if he ends up being the second best offensive lineman by the end of the year, I think the 49 would be feeling really comfortable about their offensive line moving forward, especially if Banks continues to develop. Uh, I, I would definitely enjoy that. So um we'll see we'll see how that goes but uh i'm definitely excited about the offensive line overall and how some of these young interior players are getting better and better every single day uh fishing says did you see the film of him throwing people to the ground and yes i did i i did watch that i've watched a lot of it in fact i've been breaking down some of the all 22 film myself i have got into some of the spencer burford uh he looks good some of those plays that he's making right now i mean he looks like a grown man um playing you know with with guys who aren't grown and uh that's a good trait to have that strength is there the the ability to understand what a defensive player is trying to do to you and then take advantage of their balance is important but i've been really excited about burford's film you know i mean i've seen a couple of plays maybe where he got beat up the field you know with a nice rip move and things like that but i expect those because an offensive line you just can't win every single down even trent williams gets beat sometimes but i've been enjoying the spencer burford getting after people I think that's going to be exciting to watch all year. I think we're going to get some of those uh, pancake blocks from Burford and from, I think we'll even get some from Banks. You know, I think Banks is going to provide some some fun uh, television for us as well or if you're in person, uh, some fun activities there at the at the field because both of those guys are going to end up being beasts and hopefully Mike McGlinchy's playing on one side. So uh, when do they leave to go to Minnesota? Yeah, they should be on the way to Minnesota right now. Um, or I thought they were leaving yesterday, but... They should be there in Minnesota getting ready for the practices because they're practicing on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so they should be ready to go. And Marvin says, I think they flew out today, David Monty. Today was the day off. Uh, so the 40 yards were definitely, I believe they traveled last night, right? Uh, I think they did leave last night. So um, we'll see. I think there was a bunch of pictures that they put out of them traveling. I thought it was yesterday that they left. It was part of the reasons that they cut four guys yesterday. Well, so that way they didn't go to Minnesota with the team. So uh yeah, the 49ers are on the way to Minnesota, and we're gonna get a lot of good information hopefully coming out about these joint practices. You can learn a lot, and you know, and I'm gonna be on here talking about everything that's happened from those practices because I think these are gonna be very important. It was last year that they, they practiced the Chargers, you know, and the Chargers were actively mocking Jimmy Garoppolo, but I felt like the team really stepped up and, and tried to embrace uh the entire situation. Uh, Fishing says, do you see McCurry Ball making the team? Unfortunately, I don't see McCurry Ball making the team. I think there's five linebackers ahead of him that are just really, really good and and better than he is right now in his development. I think he needs to continue to get better as a run stopper and and blocking and run fits. I think once he does, uh, then he has an opportunity. But I see McCurry Ball being a guy that can make an impact in 2023 and beyond. I think that's what the 49ers have always seen. uh, Kind of what they saw from Flanagan Fowls and Aziz Alshire, a tremendously deep room so i think mccrary ball in 2023 is a possibility but in 2022 i don't see it with the five guys that are ahead of him and maybe six if you count uh linebacker curtis robinson david campbell says training with trent williams looks like it paid off for burford he's looking like trent's mini me yeah i mean you can learn so much tricks of the trade from trent williams and also just how to prepare yourself to be an nfl player going through the workouts doing the things that trent williams does but we've heard Bosa talk about it. We've heard also Colton McKivitz now talking about Trent Williams, knowing you know, the tricks of the trade and understanding exactly what to do to certain defenders and how they approach him and changing up his approach every single snap and pass protection. So yeah, I think so. I think his knowledge and wisdom is going to go a long way to help these young players. And the fact that Spencer Burford and Jason Poe went to work with them, I think are really good signs. My daughter just moved to Minnesota to St. Paul. I told her she needs to go to the game. Well done, David. You tell her. Get her out there. Uh, get some firsthand knowledge of what's going on at the game. And uh, hopefully the 49ers have a, a really good showing like they did against Green Bay so we can get some more good film and, and see these young guys continue to uh, grow and get better. Joel says, who will be playing fullback this week? I believe it's going to be some of the tight ends. You know, I don't think we're going to see Kyle Juszczyk in the game. I think we will see him at practices, of course. But I think they'll use the fullbacks. I've seen it all throughout training camp. You know, they were using uh, Tanner Hudson, Troy Fumagalli, Ross Dwelley. Um, I don't know if Charlie Warner will play, but if he does, he can do it as well. Uh, Tyler Croft, all these tight ends can handle it. They've been playing kind of an H-back role where they go in there and play a little bit of fullback. The 49ers could also run a lot more shotgun or single back sets. But I expect it to be the tight ends who fill that role because, you know, they've been kind of doing it in training camp and Kyle Shanahan feels comfortable with it. That's why the Josh Hockett was a little bit surprising because he played all those snaps in week one, but I guess they felt they were ready to move on from the fullback, and with injuries at other positions, it just seemed to be a place that they needed to go ahead and move on. But I don't expect to see Juszczyk, so it's going to have to be those tight ends, unless they do something funky, which would be fun, right? All of a sudden, you see Jason Poe. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be funny. Uh, Paul says, how and where do we get information from Vikings joint practices? There will be reporters on the ground. There will be uh, you know, beat reporters from the 49ers, also from the Minnesota Vikings that will have access to this. So you will get some information. It will be open to, usually it's open to the public. I don't know if Minnesota will make it open. The Chargers had it open last year with a lot of people going. So we'll see if any of you know the content creators are out there. But I fully expect us to get the information from the Beat Riders and from Kyle Shanahan uh, himself. I don't think we'll get a ton of information, but there will be some. And uh, it's, always, it's always good to hear what's going on there. Mr. Corey says Burford might be Trent Williams' heir apparent. That's the way he's built. Um, I think it. I don't know if he'd be Trent Williams' heir apparent. I don't know if he would play left tackle in this league. I love him as a guard, potentially a right tackle, but I do love him so much as a guard. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, if you were right and Burford could be the left tackle, that would answer a lot of questions about you know what happens once Trent Williams uh, kind of rides off into the sunset. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Joel says a uh, for fullback. Who knows? I, I don't think so. I think they like the way he's looking at guard. I don't think they really want to upset uh, you know, his development by trying to move him to a different position. But ultimately, I mean, they, they could, they right? They could do that. They could have a little fun with it. I don't think we'll see that, though. I think that is more of what we've all been hoping and wanting and not so much of what the 49ers were going to do. So if you've just joined, because we've had people that have been joining, uh, Robert dJ defensive tackle of the San Francisco 49ers, was released today uh so the 49ers continue to you know make their cuts they had to release enough players um i i'm not for sure i think they're down to 84 now uh if they are potentially a signing of a safety could be coming we'll see um but i don't know that for sure i i I thought that they had already cut down but we'll see um but robert kendiche you know was a guy they signed and they really like so if you just join that's what happened kendiche gets released and now the 49ers are two defense interior defensive linemen short of what they were just a couple of days ago, releasing uh Tomomas, uh Tomasi Lolele yesterday and then Robert Kim Dice today. So a little bit of movement along the defensive line where the Niners have tremendous depth, making it so they don't have to release as many players at other positions. Kind of surprised they haven't released a wide receiver, that you know, beyond what they did with Keyshawn Johnson, that must mean. That they plan on uh not playing Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and them uh very much at all again. So I mean, I don't think we're gonna see those guys. We're probably gonna see a similar rotation to what we saw in week uh preseason game one against the Packers. Marvin says while working as an OTR driver, and yes, I loved my job, drove in Minnesota some tough place uh in the winter. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh that's not easy out there. And and Marvin says she will hate the winners. I never wanted to live in a place that had a lot of snow and got really cold that's not really uh, how I like it. So I'm with you on that. No, don't, don't love those cold weathers, uh, cold weather situations. The only good thing about, you know, California winters don't get too bad. The only thing that does stink is days like today where it might hit 108. And uh, that's ridiculous. But you know, if you could stay inside and, and, and make it through, it's not so bad, but yeah, that's not going to be fun at all. Uh, at all. At, at So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you on no cold weather, Minnesota, uh, Whole place, whole place. It always makes me think of the 49ers, you know, playing in Super Bowl uh, 16 against the Bengals, and just frozen outside there in Detroit. And that's what I always think about when I think of that. Uh, the cold weather, like no thanks. Uh, and Mr. Corey says I'm in Ohio. Whew, so you deal with it as well, Mr. Corey. Ouch. Hope you guys enjoy cold weather. I'm not about that life. Uh, Garish says you have a great radio voice. Uh, should join Sirius. Thanks so much, Garish. I really appreciate that uh i i always appreciate the comments and especially from Grisha. thank you so much it's you know what it's been a lot of fun on this episode guys i'm not going to hold you guys too long today i just wanted to talk about kim dj if something else comes i'll make sure to hop back on but i have other things that i'm working on along the along the way as well uh so thanks everyone for checking in of course one more time defensive tackle robert kim dj has been released by the san francisco 49ers and so we'll see what happens as they go through these joint practices in minnesota Uh, So I I think it's going to be a a fun week. Uh, It's going to be a fun time working up to the game on Saturday. Uh, Be on the lookout for all the content that's going to be coming your way from, you know, a game preview show all the way to the game reaction show after the game and and things in between. Another new show as well this week. So be on the lookout for that. A little 49ers cover two coming at you. Uh, So I'm going to have a really, really good one. Hope you guys all have a good day. Stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.